Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast, where my identical twin brother and I share our thoughts and provide solutions for executives and professionals who want to become masters of speaking and communicating so that they can maximize their influence and impact. Yes, we are identical twins who happen to also be public speakers, executive coaches, and sales leaders. Our company, DSB Leadership Group, focuses on equipping leaders who want to speak with confidence and authority, all while using their authentic voice. Here on the Twins Talk It Up podcast, we present topics about communication and leadership from our perspective as individuals and as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Welcome to the DSB Leadership Public Speaking Podcast, where my twin brother and I share our thoughts and provide solutions for executives and professionals who want to become masters of speaking and communicating so that they can maximize their influence and impact. Yes, Dave and I are identical twin brothers who happen to also be public speakers, executive coaches, and sales leaders. Today, we want to welcome Derek Shebby of Modern Sales Training to our podcast and our show. Derek started Modern Sales Training to help B2B salespeople build value, maximize profit, and become top sales performers. Derek, welcome to the show. So please happy to be audience, here. Please tell our audience a little bit about who you are, Derek, because we are dying to know a little bit about you, but also how you created such a great organization, great company, and called Modern Sales Training. Thanks. Thanks, Danny. I appreciate that. It's, it's my pleasure to be on the show with you guys here today. Uh, I think the first first question probably on everybody's mind out there that's listening in are, I do not have a twin brother, but uh, but you know uh, it would be, it would have been great if I did. I think that would have been very cool. Um, but no, yeah, I, I started my career back in 2003 with Xerox Corporation uh, out in California. Uh, basically, spent 17 years there. Uh, was a top sales rep in the company. Was a top sales manager in the company. Um, wanted to wanted to travel and see the world and have kids. I know both of you have, have kids and and realized that it was, it's, it's difficult to do that when you're uh, when you're leading people. And so I had to work something out with my my uh, my executive leadership team to 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 still perform and still close and still help people get better, but also allowing me to travel the world. And so I, I did that for for a few years, and then I just and eventually liked that. I liked you know showing people how to win and. And uh, I, I then started developing more new people and tenured people and major account reps and sales managers and above and helped our company grow from 40 million to over 100 million by the time I ended up leaving. Wow. And uh, a lot of the people that even left um, are CEOs at other companies, but they are all, you know, they all credit me as helping them grow as salespeople and things like that over the years. So uh, three years ago, about three years ago, I, I thought, you know what, maybe I could help more people than just people in Xerox. So what started as a passion project was, you know, looking at looking at all the things that I thought were the the right learning paths to develop any salesperson into a top sales professional. I, I looked at it and said maybe I can turn these into courses and, and help more people around the world. So I uh, I made a couple courses and I put them on Udemy, mm-hmm. so udemy.com, and uh, I thought, hey, you know, there's hundreds of salespeople out there, or hundreds of sales. You know, people teaching, teaching teaching sales on that platform. I want to see how I can do, and very quickly, my courses became the bestseller on Udemy, rose to the top. Um, and what, what interesting thing about that is Udemy's own Salesforce uses my courses to train their own salespeople, <laughs> which is which is funny. And uh, and so, yeah. So I looked at it and I, I figured that there was twelve courses that I thought 
what needed to be developed to, to develop anyone from, you know, beca- to become a great salesperson, the learning path. And so I made these 12 and I put them up there. All, they all became bestsellers. And uh, I and eventually helped over 15,000 people around the world become top sales professionals. And those are companies and reps included. And, uh, and so what happened is, is in 2020, I said, you know what, let me just go full time with this thing. You know, cause I did, I did a lot of Xerox and it's like, let's see if I can continue to help people all around the world and companies all over. Cause I, I've got a lot of clients that I've, that I've, uh, that have hired me over the years because it's made such a dramatic impact in their sales team and sales forces. Um, and so I said, yeah, let's, it's just, it's time to leave Xerox. 17 years is enough. Right, Danny, right, David, it's, it seems like that's pretty good. So I left and, and, uh, yeah, so it started out as a, as a passion project. I went full time, even though I was doing it behind the scenes, you know, for three years there. And now I'm doing it. And now I have, uh, now I'm, it seems like the, the area that I've been focusing in a lot with modern sales training is helping these large organizations with developing their own custom learning paths for their company. So, you know, why, why DB leadership, you know, like, like what's the, uh, um, like the, the DB leadership way, like I'm helping companies create their own path for all their salespeople so they can take them from here to the to top sales reps fast. Um, and I do that in very, various different ways. And so that's, that's pretty much what I do now. Well, I think that's fantastic, Derek. I, I appreciate you sharing that. And, and I did have a little bit of a time in the whole Xerox copy world and and uh, definitely can understand your background and what you're doing, but I love your passion. I love how you were able to take your willingness to develop sales leaders and take it into starting your own company. And so today we could go in many different angles and Larry, we're going to have you over back in the show and talk about these things over and over again. But what I want to focus on today, what we want to really talk to you about, Derek, is how do we help sales leaders, sales directors, VP of sales, COOs, how do we help these guys not give up on their salespeople? How do we help them not give up on their sales professionals? Because that's really what I want to talk about today is what would make or cause sales professionals to want to quit their profession? We'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Live Love Thanks. Live Love Thanks helps purpose-driven women leaders, executives, and entrepreneurs to permanently eliminate clutter and end stress and overwhelm so they can move forward in their careers, relationships, and health. Visit LiveLoveThanks.com for impactful coaching and program professional women's. Today, we'd like to thank our sponsor, AppGallop, where cloud meets commerce. AppGallop is a cloud commerce automation and marketplace platform, enabling service providers to drive revenue growth, achieve agility, and kickstart digital transformation. In fact, if you're in the telco space or you're an internet service provider, AppGallop will accelerate your time to the fast-growing cloud market, delivering all the top-selling cloud services to your customers with unified identity, access, subscription billing, and payment management. If you want to sell your cloud platform, you need AppGallop. If you have telco products, circuits, switches, hosting services, whether it's private cloud or public cloud, and you want to include AWS, Microsoft Azure, and Google, you want to make sure you use AppGallop, the one-stop platform for digital transformation. Thank you very much, AppGallop.
Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners. 20% off products or services on our website. Just send us an email with the subject line podcast, and we will send you that special discount code at dsbleadershipgroup.com. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. Yeah, it's, that's a really good question. You know, and, and if you were to search that on Google, you're going to see a lot of like, the, these are the top results. And I think one thing that people always talk about is people leave because of bad, a bad manager. And I, and I want to I peel that back a little bit because I think that's the easy response. I think that's the easy thing to say. And I think that ultimately someone leaves a company that you're at because there's lack of success. Forget about the manager. I mean, I, I imagine both of you in your careers, there's been moments when you didn't have good leadership. And you said, you know what? I'm just gonna have to figure it out. I'm gonna have to make it work. I'm gonna have to. I'm just gonna have. If it's if it's to be, it's up to me, right? Yep. And I think ultimately people leave because there's lack of success. And when there's lack of success, as a salesperson, which is so difficult because you are the person responsible for success, you look at it and you go, if I can't do it, then maybe I'm a total failure. And I either have two choices: I could just leave the profession altogether. And go start something else, or I could, I could uh, start somewhere else fresh and just give it a clean slate. And th- I think when that happens, when you leave, there's a lot, there's a blame game, and the organizations are constantly saying, you know, well, who's who's on the hook for it? Who's responsible for it? And I would say, if there is someone that's responsible for it, it's it it is the manager, right? It is the manager's responsibility that someone quit and someone left. But the reason why they left, if you peel it back, is the lack of success. And um, I've got a quick story for you guys on this that I think is very relevant. We can that we can dive on into this further. But um, one one of the last uh, uh, few months that I was at Xerox uh, before I left, I had this rep that I had that I had coached on the side and helped him out and 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 you know basically gave him all the tools that he needed and uh, and connected the dots with his manager and his regional manager to make sure he knew you know they knew what he needed to do. And uh, and basically he went out there and. Went after the guy was a great guy too, by the way. I mean, you think about it and you, there's some people that you, that you hire and you just really like them as people, you know, those people you're like, man, I want to be friends with this person. Like a lot of times you're like, Hey, this is work, right? It's work. And then it's, and then it's personal. But some of these people you go, you have that sort of connection with. And so this guy had a growing family and, you know, and so he, his passion was to, was to show them that, you know, he wanted to provide this great life for them. And so I had high hopes. And every time I'd see him come by my office, I, I would ask him how things were going and he'd be like, oh, things are going great, you know? And, and uh, basically after a few months, he eventually comes up to me and he says, Derek, you know, I, I'm, uh, today's my last day. Hmm. And I said, well, why is it your last day? And he says, well, I haven't sold anything, you know, in the last few months. Like I haven't sold anything. And if you think back to the industry that, you know, the copier industry, it's very standard to it's 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 an expectation to bring in at least three deals a month. That's just oh, yeah. what it is. I and mean, of course, you want those deals to be a certain size, uh, but you just can't always expect that to come in. I mean, you, but you need to get show that you're bringing in business because that shows you're doing the doing the work. And so he has after a few months, no no business. And so I'm like, this is the, I'm like, hang on a second, like I I'm 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 shocked. Right. Like, how can this not happen to you? You got the attitude, you got the will. And so I went directly to his manager, 
right? And I said to his manager, I said, what's going on with, let's just say this guy's name is Joe. I said, what's going on with Joe? He just told me he's, he's, he's leaving the company. And he says, yeah, Joe sucks. <laughs> yeah. And I think as managers, we, we may have said that about people, right? And so he goes, yeah, Joe sucks. He can't close, blah, 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 blah. And so I said, hang on a second. I said, and I bring in his regional manager. And let's just say his name is Steve. Mm-hmm. I say, Steve, what's, I just heard about Joe. Like, what's going on here? He says, ah, you know, Joe, Joe sucks. He can't close. Same thing. Regional manager. And I'm looking at this and I'm thinking about when, when you join a company, I don't care who you are, you join and your hope for your potential and the future is like through the roof. It's always like right when you start a company, you're thinking, this is it. Like, this is, the, the, I'm, I've joined the best company. My future's lined up. This is going to be the, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I'm so excited. And there's this passion, right? And then something happens and some, it just kind of goes away. Mm-hmm. And so I basically told these managers, the manager and the regional manager, I basically said, listen, you know who sucks? You do. <laughs> and I said, you guys both suck. Wow. And I said, I'm going to show you how you develop somebody. Mm-hmm. And so I, I basically, I cleared my calendar. I convinced Joe to stick around. And, and, uh, and the, next, the next day, we started working together um, every day. And so you know, we'd, meet, we'd meet in the morning and we'd get prepared for the day. We'd, do, we'd, we'd, we'd prospect all day. We'd do our activities all day. At the end of the day, we would revisit the activities. We'd follow up on opportunities, all the things that you would do. Yeah. Right. And so we went through that. And by the end of his first week of us working together, he closes his first deal, nice. wow. which is great. Right. And then basically I'm just like looking at the managers and saying, this is you guys are, this is what you should be doing with every single person. And, uh, and so then we worked together for another two weeks. So we worked together three weeks out of the four weeks. And from those three weeks, he ended up closing nine deals. Nice. Eight of them were new business. Eight of them were new business. And then, uh, he, he had all these spiffs that he won. He was, uh, you know, top rep for the reach for the, for the region. And he, um, and he ended up uh, basically, you know, getting all these extra spiffs and things like that. Did really well. Wow. Um, but here's the thing: a month later, he quits. Mm. He he still quits. And I'm like, what happened? You know, and because I because I talked to him, obviously, a, you know, I connected with him, and I was I was showing the managers really, this is what you're doing wrong. You gave mm. up on him, right? But uh, but a month later, he still quits. And I asked him, I said, what happened? And he says, well, you got to remember that, like. When I came to you to tell you, I mean, I had already decided to move on, right? And, uh, and it was too late at that point. Mm. It was too late that he came to tell me. I mean, I wasn't even his manager. Right. Right? And he just came to tell me, and I was just like, his managers, are, they're, they're the ones on the hook yeah. to make him successful. And so um, basically, this also translates to parenting, right? Because, I mean, you both have kids just like mm-hmm. me. And you look at it and you go, you bring these kids into the world. You, you're not just, I mean, you were on the hook. Yep. You, you, there's no, there's no avoiding it. You, you, there's, you are the sole responsibility. Obviously they need to do things, but you're the 100% sole responsibility for them to be successful. And so going back to this question, what causes salespeople to quit? Well, if I think back to the beginning, this is goes for anybody, like I just mentioned, 
there's so much passion people have for the job. It's true. So much hope, you know, that they have for their future. And what happens is, is the manager's job is to take that hope, hope and that passion and keep it there mm. and let it stay there and let them show what the path is for them to actually reach that success that they, that they believe they can get. And, and, and that's the thing. It's if the managers don't show that, don't show that level, this is what it takes to be successful. Then, yeah. then they're letting that passion and that hope and that everything just die down because, you know, it's, it's just, a, it just ends up becoming sad. So basically they, they get lazy and, and they're the ones that uh, give up on the rep in the end. And yeah. they'd say that the rep sucks. Mm -mm. <laughs> I guess I lose my mind. Like you, you know, Derek, I'll, I'll tell you this: if you if you haven't done any keynote speeches, you've got to entitle one of them. You suck. I, I think that would be powerful. <laughs> you know, and, and, and yeah. just to just management, right? But but I think it speaks to a couple of things, Derek. And and I got to ask you this: when it comes to coaching the mindset, helping them to see their mindset, what is it about a leader's mindset that gets them to say, "I can't go any further." Or what is it about a sales professional mindset to say, well, I, I came in this optimistic, I was hopeful, now I want to quit. So what is it about the, the mindset that can be either fixated in one level as a director or a leader to say, you know what, I'm not getting production and they don't believe any further versus a, let's say a new sales professional who comes in with this idealistic mindset, but then at the end of the day, they just stop believing. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And um, I'm sure you both have seen this too over the years. And, and what I've seen is, first of all, as a leader, as a sales leader, you always, the, the hardest thing for you to get as when you become a leader is why won't people do things the way that you would do them? Yeah. Like, that's the first thing. Like you go, this is, this is how I did it. And this is how they should do it because it worked for me. And, and I think that's where from a mindset standpoint, uh, and, and I mean, they need to be developed too. the sales leaders need to be shown that everyone's different, right? There's different personalities and not, even, not only that there's different, um, different things happen and throw you off. Like, uh, like you could have people on a sales team. If you, let's just say you have a sales team of 10, mm -hmm. you could have a couple of those people on the sales team really pick up on something fast yep. and they pick up on it. And then what happens is, is there's two things that happen. One, you look at it and go, Oh, this person's got it. And you think, oh, because this person's got it, I can move on to the next person. That's one thing that happens. And the second thing that happens is with the rep, from the rep's perspective, they go, oh, I'm really picking up on this. So they start getting confident and they start thinking, I don't need help. Hmm. And those other people need more help. So, they, so the manager should focus on them. Yeah. And, 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 and that's a difficult thing because there's the obvious people that need help. Yeah. And there's the, they're the, people, the obvious people that don't. And so the manager is going like, who should I spend my time on? And, and the real fundamental issue here is there needs to be a learning path to success where it's not just, not just like one thing. It's, it's sometimes people can, can, can pick things up during the path really fast, right. but it's still a long path of development, right? It's still a, a, there's still a learning path to success. And often leaders, leaders that, when they have those reps that pick up a certain part of that path fast, they assume that they'll get everything else on the path. Yeah. 
and that causes them to fail. Those people mm-hmm. fail. And the man and the leader goes, oh, hey, I thought they got it. And then, then they start thinking, I need to hire people that get this part of the path. I mean, they're not even calling it a path. They just think it's the job. But the idea is it's like you get, you get hired, you get, you get thrown out there and say, just figure it out. I mean, just like if you guys, if you're thinking about your kids, I could go downstairs and show my six-year-old and four-year-old boys how to make a peanut butter, right? And then I say, okay, you guys got it now. You guys know where everything is, have at it. I mean, it's th- that would be absolute chaos. My six-year-old might get it. May- actually, probably not. I would never want to use a knife like that. But I mean, you think about how we're raising, how we develop people, even our own children. Mm-hmm. Sometimes some of them have a certain personality type where they get something, or at least they show, they demonstrate that you think that they get it. Mm-hmm. And then other ones, they take a little bit longer to calculate and figure it out. And so... Um, I guess the, the, the long, the, the long story short here is the, the, the challenge is, is not having a, a process and a, and a learning path to put people on. And because that way you, you know, as a leader where you can constantly come back and evaluate where they are and help them to continue along that path. And it doesn't matter where they are in skill level or what, no. what they've shown to be um, competent in. You know that okay, they just they got this piece, mm-hmm. but they still need to get the next piece, mm-hmm. and and um, that's what happens with leaders. You you think this person got it, and if this person can't get it at this level, then they're not the right fit. But no, they just they just need it to see it a different way, or they need to show a different way, or they need to be you need to hold their hands more, right? And you, you need to do that. Um, one more example for you on this. I was yeah, actually, yeah, please go ahead, Derek. Um, I had to build my you know obviously with this remote learning. Uh, I had to build a uh, a desk for my for my son, mm-hmm. and I don't know when the last time you guys made like something from IKEA, but I mean sometimes it could be like an absolute nightmare, right? <laughs> you're, I mean, you're there and you're putting you're putting this thing together. You got this whole like map in front of you. How to do step one, step two, like open up this bag, right? And those <clears> steps <throat> are in there, and you know I think about, I think I think of myself pretty highly in terms of being able to figure this stuff out. I always make mistakes. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I put this thing together and I'm like, am I a complete moron putting together this Ikea desk? And uh, sometimes you actually go to the point of going on YouTube and you search how to create this, how to build this Ikea desk, right? Like you actually look there and, and, you know, for that extra help. And then you finally put it together. So how does this, how does this relate? Oh, by the way, I can make those desks fast now because I did it once (laughs) the whole way. Right. Mm -hmm. But how does this relate to what we do as leaders as salespeople as or as salespeople have teams right well the sales leaders have teams well the thing is is when we bring someone on Mm -hmm. do we have the fold-out directions for the reps on how to be successful do we have that and you as the leader the senior leadership team it's their responsibility to have those directions written on video, the how-to videos, on the step-by-step, let me show you every single step of the way, their job is to make sure that they can complete that desk and not, oh, you figured out step one, you got the rest of it. Oh, you can't figure out step one, you're, you're stuck there, you're not a good fit. I mean, it's the all of those things that we need to think about when we develop people. Yeah. We've got to think, are we doing enough to make sure that this person knows how to build this desk 
Because after they build the desk, they can do it pretty fast next time. Yep. I know a little bit of analogies there, guys, but. Yeah, I like that, Derek. I, I, I'll tell you this. Um, what I really appreciate, and Dan would probably speak to this as well, when you're a parent, you know that all your children don't come with the same spirit of ambition, the same ideas, the same gifts and talents, but you want them to feel successful. You want them to feel believed in. So you have to adjust your own mindset as a parent to teach them, to train them. So they gain their own self-confidence through your teaching and training. And it goes back to your point of managers and sales directors, sales leaders. They, they can't just say, Hey, I've got one, one playbook. Everybody needs to follow it. No, you almost have to customize a path for each of those sales reps because ultimately for the team to be successful, they've got to be individually successful. And I think that the challenge, and you kind of hit on this, Derek, is sometimes the management has got to change their mindset. I remember when I was working at Xerox, there was the playbook we all had to follow. And you had to say it this way. You had to do it this way. You had to move and, and almost like Vanna White, touch the boards or the panels this way. When in reality, not everybody needed the same type of training. If the goal is to, at the end of the day, help them to have a vision of their own success plan, their own path, you may have to adjust it a little bit, but I think that goes to the mindset of the sales manager. And if you are wanting your team to be successful, you almost have to think like a father, like a parent, right? I want my kid to be successful, no. but I'm going to adjust it. And getting them to learn how to make that desk, so to speak, then letting go of the reins and trusting that they're going to be inventive enough in their own mind, creative enough to keep getting that same result. That's what I was thinking when, when you shared that. Yeah, absolutely. I agree 100%. What do you think, Danny? Hey guys, this is Danny. Thanks, uh, Derek, for including me. Sometimes we have to tell people who's Danny and who's David because we sound alike. Sure. <laughs> um, but you're absolutely correct. Um, as a as a former head of sales, as as currently a fractional head of sales for startups, I can tell you so many times I walk in and meet the team and ask them, okay, what's the process? What process? We just do a hundred dollars a day. Well, what is the mentorship? Where's the sales scripts? Who's fine-tuning the sales scripts? There was no process. It was a couple of metrics that the sales leader would look like look at every now and then in Salesforce to determine if that sales rep is hitting the numbers and then finding a correlation. Does that equal to success? I can't tell you how many times I had to go in and realize there is no process. <laughs> Everyone's just winging it. So yeah. I really am um, astounded today how that continues to be the way that it just continues to be the way. So I spend most of my time coaching and training the leadership team more yeah. than the sales reps, believe it or not. So I, I see that uh, you gave a great example. I love the example with the peanut butter and jelly. Just because you do it once doesn't mean that kids are going to get it. And I, and I absolutely correct. You do it once. You put together a sales process once for your sales team. Does not mean that every single person will get it. Some people will. As you stated before, they'll get the first two levels better than anyone else. They can open Nobody can open as well as this person, but for some reason, they're not closing well. Right. Well, that doesn't mean because you open well that you can close well. There's different levels within the stage process that has to be coached. And I've met so many sales leaders that were just lazy. Mm. So the first thing I do when I walk into an organization, if they don't have a playbook, if they don't have a process, that's the first thing I implement. The second thing I implement is training the sales managers, training the sales leaders, the sales directors. And the third thing I do is make sure they have a good sales ops person. 
Why? The last thing I want to do is have my VP of sales, my director of sales sitting behind a computer, not listening to their teammate calls, not coaching the team because they want to spend all day on spreadsheets, all day looking at Salesforce. That's why I have a sales ops person. That's his or her job. Help me. Let's work together as a team so I can do my job and making sure these individuals are raised up the proper way. So when you walk in and you're meeting organizations for the first time, Derek, how do you get the buy-in from these leadership teams? Because I know the sales director are happy that you're there. I know they're hungry. They, they want to make money. You're not in sales just to have an eight to five job and go home. You're in sales to make money. And you want that bonus check. You want that commission. Yep. You want that extra referral because you want to make money. This isn't a marketing job. This isn't an IT job. This is a job where you want to make money. So how do you convince the leadership team to allow you to coach them in essence so that you can help the sales team overall? Yeah, you know, I think that there's just like anything, there's, there's constant, there's, there's moments when you have to show people, you got to throw them a fastball, so to speak. Yeah. You got to be like, let me show you what's up, right? And then you, you don't want to come across as being that person that they don't want to listen to. They want to talk to you. You got to be likable but you've got to show them what's up sometimes. And I think in that situation that I gave you with that, with that rep, I mean, there's, that was my way of showing them a fastball, but that was my way of, of sending a message mm -hmm. to all the managers and to all the, all the leaders in the company to say, are you doing this? Like you can do it. Like if you think that you're good in sales, show me. Mm -hmm. And I think that you have to do those things every so often. Um, one of the things that I always that I typically like to do in general when it comes to organizations that have challenges with, for, for example, with selling with profit, because that happens a lot where they say, "Oh, our people are lowering the price too much," or that you know they're <laughs> you know they're drop they're dropping the the price too quickly. Right, right. And uh, and I go, okay, well, you know, the first thing that I like to see is, hey, can you send can you show me the last you know five proposals that that your people have done, yeah. and then let's just pull it up right now. And they pull them up. We print them out, put them in front of us. And that, by the way, Danny, if you haven't tried that yet, that's very eye-opening too. Because you see that they're just garbage. Like they're awful. And, and we're talking about the end of the process here, mm -hmm. right? This is, this is the end. This is what, what you give the customer that sells for you when you're gone. And it should be a culmination of every, all the value that you built and all the, the criteria and things that you found that show why you're the best choice. All of that. And that's what you leave them because you know that they're most likely probably are going to going to you know go dark on you for a little while. Mm. Um, so I look at it and I said, let's just let's just pull these up. And you've got to do this on the spot too, Danny, because if you if you let them know that you want to review their proposals, <laughs> they'll pick and choose, and they'll be like, oh, this one has the wrong date on it, yeah. you know, or oh, this one the customer's name's misspelled, and like they'll they'll just be like, I don't want to show them this one, right? I don't, I don't want you to see this. So it's very important to do. That's another way that you can show a fastball because it doesn't matter who's in front of you, um, you, know, you know, top senior, senior level VP or just the regular sales manager. It's a, an eye-opening moment like, shoot, I'm not doing this. And, and that's what it comes down to when you want to, when you want to show people that have, high, have a high uh, view of themselves, right? They're very confident and they think, why do I need someone else to help? I think the way that you typically help them are by throwing fastballs and just by showing them that there's little details that they just aren't thinking about every single day. And then that, that then what happens then, Danny, is they start looking at you going like, I wonder what Danny's going to notice because yeah. Danny notices these things and Danny will show me that, hey, you know what? I'm not looking at this thing the right way or, or I, I need to adjust my lens here for whatever reason. And if I do that, 
we can we can uh, you know raise the results for our organization. So I think that's what I would say. But you know, you going in and so if someone doesn't know you, you know, which usually is is the world that we're in. You just gotta you've got to be that likable person, but at the same time sh- throw those fastballs by them that they don't. And they, wow, I didn't think about that. And yeah, you're right. I should be doing that. And then they'll think there's probably more that you have to share with them. Let me ask this, Derek, because yeah. you're talking about the fastball, and I love that. Let's get real time. Let's look at where things are. Let's look at the type of proposals be sent out. This is a great way to kind of just wake them up, you know, jolt the system a little bit and say, hey, this is what I'm approving out the door, you know, and it, it gets the sense of ownership to fall back on leadership. But you will have those guys who are stubborn. We're all type A. We're driven by our egos. If you encounter or when you've encountered these type of professionals, Derek, how do you help them to really get over that that hump? How do you get them to really see it? Could a fastball be, hey, let's just look at your 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 turnover ratio. Let's just look at how much it's costing the company to replace this guy. I mean, what other fastballs can you get them to just say, it's time to wake up? Not to say that all sales leaders are bad. I mean, we know this already, Derek, but but how do you get them to also just open their eyes and say, you know what, Derek, you got a great point here. Maybe I gotta really take a take a out-of-body experience and look at myself here. What other things can you do to get a leader to just wake up a little bit to say, hey, what else can I see about myself to make my organization and my team better? That's that's a great question. Here's another thing that I would say you can do, uh, which is something I like to do too. because um, sometimes you're gonna meet with those 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 leaders that think that they're just awesome, right? And they're just amazing. Yeah. And and then what happens is is every senior leader, every every sales leader knows that they're only awesome if their people are awesome, right? Because that those are the people that reflect on them. And so what I like to do sometimes like is I like to say, okay, so how are your people doing on the phones? As let's just say that as an example, right? And then uh and then they say, Oh, they're doing amazing. We we're setting like, you know our appointment ratios are off through the charts. Like we're just killing it. Like, great. Who's your best salesperson? Oh, it's Joe. Well, let's bring him in. So then I have Joe come in. Hmm. So then it's me, that senior leader and Joe. And I say, Hey Joe, thanks for coming in here. I, I, he says you're doing amazing. I just want to, I just want to hear your script because it sounds like you're doing unbelievable. Pretend I'm the customer. I want you to set an appointment with me real quick. And then Joe's going to be like, uh, 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 really? Uh, anyway, so you know that's what happens, and then then we go through the script. I'm like, okay, great. Hey, thanks, Joe. You know, have a good, you know, good day. Keep keep crushing it out there. Do great. And then what happens is I look at the I look at the manager and I say, so he's doing great, huh? Is that how you would think that he should be acting like on the spot like that? Do you think that there's room for him to be better? How are you getting him better? Yeah. Is that how you would is that how you would think your top person would do talking to a top level executive? What if I asked Joe to come in and close a deal with me on the spot and I'm the CEO of a company? How do you think that would go? Maybe we should bring no one of the other reps in. Mm-hmm. Let's try it with them. And I think I think what happens is is the way that you the way that you make those people realize that, that they need to get better is by showing them that the product of their success are their team. Yeah. And so you bring those people in and you try to make the people feel as comfortable as possible, but really it's a learning moment for them. Right. Yeah. And I think what it comes down to, like Danny just mentioned, it, when you have, whenever you peel back the onion just a little bit, it doesn't matter where you are. 
the the answers of where they need to improve are right below the surface and it's it's usually hidden by confidence and uh you know blind blind confidence i guess you could say um so it's really easy for you just to just to call someone out on the spot and just and have them role play with you that's usually a pretty easy way to do it yeah this is danny by the way i i love how it's easy to put people right there on the spot if you give people enough time, they can make anything look good. Um, put makeup on a pig. And you're absolutely correct. <clears throat> when I go into an environment, when I sit down and negotiate my rate, it's, pretty, it's a pretty simple rate. It, it's a small fee, a retainer fee, and then I get residuals afterwards. And the reason why I do the residuals, I'm very confident that after meeting with the team and training them the right way, they're going to bring in a lot of money. And that's why I make my money. And I think that you said it best when you bring the person in who the manager just gloats over being the best person in the world. And you say, now close me and they stutter or they're not confident. That's how they're talking to your customer. And that just shocks me that the sales manager is, they're not listening in on the calls. Wow. Yeah. I mean, when you sit behind your desk all, all day long as a sales leader, it's not just looking at metrics. You're supposed to be listening in onto your sales reps calls so that you can take notes and have one-on-ones. And it just shocks me how many managers do not have one-on-one -on -one with their members. That's crazy. Every week with all my directors, when I was leading global sales, all the country directors in Japan and Asia and Malta, every single LATAM, all my country directors, we had one-on-ones. And so I would have to be on three different continent time zones. That, that was my work day. And I had no choice. If I want to make sure that the people are doing well, I got to make sure I'm coaching my managers well. And the fact that these guys are not having one-on-one, -on -one, they're not listening in on the call, that just shocks me. And I'm, I'm assuming, based upon your <laughs> remark, that this happens all the time when you walk into organizations. Oh, yeah. It drives me crazy. I mean, I, I, you, you think about it again, just like, just like as the, on the other side, as the sales rep. You're joining a company and you're thinking the more help I can get, the better success I can get. Like if you're, if you know that you're having a meeting with someone that's going to help, you don't turn that away. But when, when those meetings turn into something that's punitive, you feel like it's punitive, mm -hmm. then you start want, not wanting to do them. Right. And so it's up to the manager to make sure those meetings are effective. Of course, there's got, there's, there's performance expectations and activity expectations, things like that, that you need to get done. But that meeting can still be done in an effective way where you come out of it better and you come out of it where you're, you're actually seeing results and in income. And so those one-on-ones are literally your one-on-one -on -one time with someone else that just wants you to make more money and, they, and, they, and, they're, on the, and they're on the hook. That's so, it. And when you're, you're in, correct. and if it's not happening, it's like you look <laughs> at it and those sales reps are just like, you know, they're, they're on their own. And yeah, it's, yeah. And, and that's when I come in there and say, this is your fault. You suck. Yeah. Like I you let agree. them down. Wow. Right. I absolutely agree. When I, when I sit down with my team, we're one-on-ones and this is why I tell people sales is the best job in the world to have. And the most stressful is because we all have one goal. We all want to make more money. So when I sit down with people, I have this three to one rule. I give you three positives and one critique. I don't have to do all three pauses all at once. I'll spread it out so that the person knows that, hey, my manager believes in me. I don't know how many sales reps can walk out at the end of the workday and say, my manager believes in me. 
My manager sits down and wants me to be better. My manager sits down and points out things I'm doing well and how I can fine tune it. My manager is actually telling me to go help other sales reps and the weaknesses that they have and the strength that I have. We are a team. We are a family. We are a tribe. Yeah. This, is, this just blows my mind. And I would tell you, 99 times out of 100 of organizations I've been, I've been a part of, have counseled, have sat down with, startups I've mentored, that doesn't take place. Yeah, it never takes place. They just assume you got a job, you do it. The only time I need to hear from you if the customer calls me and they need to do an escalation because you're just horrible at your job. Uh, you you pointed out perfectly that the two goals, sales rep, manager, what do they both want to do? Make money. So we're in it together to make money. Let's find ways where we can make money. And, yeah. and if you don't make the bottom line, your job's, your job's online. It's one thing you lead one sales team. It's another one you lead uh, a North American contest. It's another thing when you leave the global sales. Right. I mean, if you can't handle one-on-one, -on -one, there's no way you can handle one over a hundred, one of many, one of global time zones, multi-language and all that other uh, stuff that takes place. I, I just love how you state the very first thing when you walk into the room, we both have a common goal. Yeah. We both yeah. want to make money. Absolutely. So can I ask you this, Derek? I know we're gonna, yeah. I'm going I'm to jump ahead a little bit here because I, I really do love the ability to kind of take ownership you're, you're calling sales managers to take ownership and as you both have stated it's about making money we all got to be successful so the answer isn't just get rid of the people you've been training right but is there ever a time derek where you quote unquote should give up on a sales professional you know i think that that's you know i i I, th I thought about that question too when you when you sent that over to me and i think there's a point where the rep themselves is no longer coachable. And I think mm. that that's the moment that, I mean, you've got to fight. I, I always tell, tell the managers, you know, that, re, that report to me, I said, you have to fight to help them because there's a point where they, they, they believe that you lost faith in them and that hurts. And so then if you realize that and, and they're starting to be starting to turn on you, mm -hmm. well, maybe that's the moment where you need to show them that you have faith in them again, that you mm -hmm. want to like, you want to try to turn that around. And, and so I would say that in those, in those moments, when you realize you, you let them go, you know, you're, you're, you're letting them fail. You have got to dive in to everything you possibly can. And if they still are not doing it, mm. you know, if they're, if they're faking it, mm. if they're, if they're pretending the activities, and you're catching them in that, you know, all those things where you see that, I mean, which is not, which doesn't reflect on how they are when they start a job. I mean, you bring these people in, like I mentioned, they like their whole focus and their goal in life, their mission in life is to become that successful person that they've always believed that they wanted to be. And they think that they can do it under your leadership at your company. Like, they are they're willing to run through a wall if you tell them that's what they need to yeah. do to be successful. Yeah. But when you get to the point where you come back to try to re-bring them, re-engage them, because you're the one that let them go. <laughs> and when you try to re-engage them and they're faking it and they're faking the activities, yeah. I mean, there's just no turning that around. I mean, you see the organizations try to move those people to a different sales team and different things like that, but it's just you can't bring those people around because once you get down doing the habits of those habits, it's just, you've gone past the point. And I would say that's when you got to unhook, but I, I would still say that the manager is responsible, just like we're responsible for raising 
good kids, yeah, yeah. childrens, and you know, good good people into the, into the world here, and we have to fight mm. for them to have the, those right morals and to constantly correct them along the way. And if even if they, you know, go the wrong path, we still as parents got to fight to get them back and realize that we let them get that part at taking accountability. Of course, with parents, we never give up on them, but, sure. but it's, but with, with, as a, as a leader, as a sales leader, what happens is we don't fight. We don't fight to get them back. We don't fight to make sure they're successful. And I think that's the problem. Um, but when you do and you, and you find out that when you're given everything you possibly can, and you really are, and you find out that they're fudging activities and faking, faking things and you're catching them in it, that's the point that I would say it's time to unhook. We'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Paul Jackowitz of pauljackowitz.com. For all your website design and management needs, visit Paul Jackowitz. That's Paul, J-A-C-K-I-E-W-I-C-Z.com. Thank you for checking out the Twins Talk It Up podcast. If you're enjoying this program and are learning something along with us, please consider becoming a supporting member through our Patreon at patreon.com slash DSB Leadership Speaking. Also consider leaving a great rating on iTunes and comment on our other platforms. If you would like more information or would like to become a guest on a future episode, please send a message via our website, www.dsbleadershipgroup.com. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners for a free consultation over the next two weeks. Visit our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. Wow. I, I would totally agree with you on that one. I like how you always bring up your children, your, your, two, your two kids, and you always bring up the analogy of baseball and, and throwing a fastball. And I look at leaders, they should look at their people the same way. It's that you have these individuals that are underneath you. They want to be sheltered by you. They're getting bombarded every day by the customer. They want to know that if the customer calls to complain that you have their back. Now, the customer's got to be, always be right, per se, but you got to have their back. So what do you do to help train the sales leaders? I know you have a great process for the sales rep, and it's a, it's, a, it's a process that everyone needs to go through. But what do you do to train the sales leader to give them that same mindset with their own sales reps? Because it's so easy to say, I like Johnny, I like Joe, I like Sally, they're my top performers. I'm just going to give them all my time. But the other people, you know what? Let's talk to human resources. Let's try to get recruiting in here and try to find ways to replace these individuals. So what, what process and steps do you use? Uh, and I'm sure you have a process and procedure, but what do you use today for those guys? Well, you know, there's different points where you come into where a manager needs help, as an example. Yeah. Like when I showed you the, I had to throw the fastball on those managers that gave up in, <laughs> in, in my mind. And that was the manager in the regional. And well, so, yeah. which, which, which disgusted me even more. That's why I was like, I can't believe you guys, yeah. you know? And uh, I think in those situations, um, that was different. That was me saying, why do I need you mm. 
if I'm doing this mm-hmm. for your person, right? That that's that was really the message there, but it was also the message all the other sales leaders that they need to fight to make these people successful. They, they're not, they can't close three deals in a month. Like they can't do that. Like if, if there's expectations from the, from the, what, whatever the expectations are, first of all, they need to be achievable. Yeah. Right. They need to be achievable. It can't just be like, Oh, we think this is what you can do, but I know those expectations were achievable because I was, mm-hmm. you know, doing that with, everyone in this organization over the past 17 years and it's just in the field with them. And so I know that it's not outrageous. And so um, if, when you know the expectations are there, you know, you really start, you really have to question what their level of uh, involvement is in that. And so there's different ways to teach it. So that was way at the end where I had to show them how you fight yeah. Yeah. for the rep and that it was too late, but he obviously had a great month, but um. The other situations are how you peel back the onion on different activities that they would do. Yeah. And so like you mentioned, there's, there's one-on-ones, right? And there's, that's one activity. And so when you show the one-on-ones, you break it down to the basic. You say, hey, you've got, you've got a one-on-one with Joe tomorrow. Tell me how you're preparing for that. Oh, nice. And they'll be like, what do you mean? Let me just open up Salesforce, right? Or, or however they do it. I mean, those are things that you think about. You say, okay, well, you need to show them how you need to identify where they are in the skill level, how what skill levels that they need to improve on so they can have better results. And they need to plan that beforehand, right? So then when they go in that meeting, how are they going to make sure that meeting is as, as effective as possible for you and them, yep. right? And then yep. there's, an, of course, there's aspects of role play where you show them with role play. I think that's probably one of the things I'd say, Danny, that is just not, it doesn't exist very much on the manager side yeah. where you need to put managers in role plays. You say, I'm the rep. I'm in that meeting. I'm Joe. Go. Let's have that meeting right now. We're having that one-on-one. And and there's there's those moments. There's moments where there's performance management. How are you coaching your rep when they're underperforming? How are you you inspiring them? How are you you helping them get out of wherever they are? Because they're struggling, right? Mm -hmm. And and there's those moments. And And you peel back. How are you preparing for that? And then and then let's pretend I'm that rep right now. Go, like mm-hmm. I, I would tell. I used to tell my managers that if you are not putting people in a role play every day, live, mm-hmm. then you're not doing your job. Yeah. And it's the same thing from senior leadership to managers. You put you have to put someone on in a role play right away every day. Mm-hmm. That's that's how we that's how we improve. And so I know those are a couple of situations, but it always comes it comes down to every little thing. You know, yeah. if you took, if you, if you took any rep that's underperforming, cause typically there's the, um, you know, there's the Jack Welsh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the pyramid, right. You know, the top 20% are always going to do great. Then the 70 and then the 10, um, there's that whole, the, the, I mean, that like exists all over, but what are you doing to improve that 70%? Yeah. And, and you look at every aspect of the sales cycle, you know, from the, from the beginning to the end, however, however it is that they, whatever they do for you, whether they're full cycle sales or they're handling different parts of it. You just take each part and say, how are, the, how, are their, how are their metrics based upon our expectations? Where are they struggling? Okay, what are you doing to help them get better there? And it's not just, it's not just looking at the data. It's are you, where, how are you getting involved? When's the last time you sat on that call? Yep. When's the last time you, you, know, you, were in, you were involved with giving them strategy on putting that together, that proposal, or, or ro- doing a role play with them mm-hmm. and you're the customer so they can show you how they're running mm-hmm. those meetings? 
I think it all it all comes down to since we're in the we're, since we are improving people's skills. Yeah. Um, it does not happen unless you're role playing, and it just seems like there's just way too much, too much managers telling. Yeah. Um. And and a lot of that, don't get me wrong, a lot of that comes from time management. You know, you get behind on things, things come up, and you go, shoot, I got to get this thing done. Mm. You have to realize that the the sales manager, the sales leader, is one of the hardest roles in this in in sales, and you have to you have to be willing to fight. Yeah. To help these people, like they have to become your kids. Yes. And, and, and you have to care so much. Yeah. And when you care so much, you care about teaching them the right things yeah. and not shortcutting stuff. And so Amen I, know it's, I, know, I know it's a big question. Um, it's a big question. That I think, Danny, that you asked me there, but it's, yeah. what it comes down to is, I mean, do they really, uh, they chose to be a manager. They got to get back into that, why they chose into it, right? what they really valued. And of course they valued making a lot of money, but they also had to have that crazy idea of they want to help people. They want to help other people get great. And I, I did a post about this, by the way, which I, which I just want to throw, throw by you guys about, about um, maybe you don't need to go into leadership. Maybe you could just say a sales rep. And, and I use the example of Michael Jordan. And, and, the, and the question is, do you want to be, what do you want to be? Do you want to be known as the Michael Jordan of your career, of, of your, of your industry? Or do you want to be known as the Phil Jackson? Yeah. And you look at it, Michael Jordan, known as the greatest ever. Ever. Ever, right? He's known as that. He, right. was, a, he was a player his whole career, right? He was, he was a player. And then at the same time, he, was just, he, was, he inspired people by showing them what it looked like to be successful. Yeah. And that's how he did it, right? And he made tons of money. And then you got Phil Jackson. You don't even really think about his career as as a, as a player. He's known as being a great coach, the like amazing coach, yeah. right. a coach that the top people want to play for, right? A, someone that can control these, you know, top players, right? And known for building championship teams, yep. and he's known for that. But he's not known for being, you know, the great, you know, player. And so yeah. the idea is both of these both of these skills require tremendous dedication. Yes. You, know, you really have got to want to become the best at whichever one you choose. Yes. And so what, what would happen if you just said, forget it. I'm not trying to be the Michael Jordan slash Phil Jackson. What if you just said, I'm going to be the Michael Jordan of this industry as a salesperson, yeah. right? What would that look like? Right. If you just went all in and the same yeah. sort of thing from the, uh, from the aspect yeah. of Phil Jackson. And I think, People need to realize that if you're becoming a leader, a sales leader, don't think that you that you're only becoming a sales leader because that's how you make money. Because there's plenty of sales reps that make crazy way money. more money than sales managers. Trust yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, and so you look at that, and you got to go. Listen, you want to go sales management, yeah. so you're choosing Phil Jackson. You want to be the Phil Jackson of your sport, of your industry, and if you want to be the Phil Jackson, be the Phil Jackson. That's who you want to be, and that means you need to develop all those skills to be the best coach, right? Yep. And then the, obviously the other side, if you want to stay a sales rep, great. If you want to make a lot of money, yep. go all in. Be this the is best. Danny, by the way. Um, Derek, this is Danny, by the way. Derek, great, great point. I will tell you guys over the, my full sales career from being a sales rep, um, as Dave said, President's Club, to being a sales manager, sales director, VP of sales. I've had many times where my top sales reps never wanted to be managers. Mm -hmm. 
And here was their philosophy. I make more money than my sales manager. Why would I want to be them? They're stressed out. They have to carry the quota for the whole team, <laughs> right? Not just my quota. They got to carry the quota for the whole team. I get multipliers. I get present club trips. Why would I want that extra stress? I make more money than my sales manager. And, and as, as the director of sales or VP of sales, I've had to look at that sales rep and say, go on, kudos. I like that. <laughs> You're absolutely right. They, they thought about it too. You're absolutely right. Not everybody wants to be a Phil Jackson. They're going to be some, they're going to be Michael Jordans. And when we look at the top one, top two performer year in and year out, it's that same sales rep who's created a process, had a methodology, and, and it works. Mm -hmm. They have your 12-step process they talked about. They fine-tune it. And they don't want to do anything else because they know that when day is over, the day is done, they just made money. And they right. don't want to do anything else. So you're absolutely right. For people out there who's listening to the podcast today, remember, Derek has given a great analogy. You could be the Michael Jordan yep. or you could be the Phil Jackson. Either way, it's great for the organization. You got to determine what you're best and you're most comfortable at. And at the end of the day, everybody wants to do one thing, make money. So Derek, any other uh, thoughts or tips that you want to share with our audience, especially for the leaders out there, the sales managers, sales directors, because ultimately we want to see them fight for their people. We want to see them not give up on their people. Yep. And we want to see the overall team win championships, right? So any yeah. other thoughts you want to give uh, as we get ready to close our time together? Yeah, I would just say that right now, you know, if you're if you're a sales leader listening in, I bet you you have a handful of, of reps on your mind that you have given up on, mm. and you gave up on them. You said, you know what, we need to get rid of this person. They're not doing. They're not. They're underperforming. Mm. And I and I and I want you to this message to you right now. I want you to when you started working at your last sales job that you got. Maybe it's the place you're at now, and all the hope and all the, the potential you thought that that job had and what you're willing to do to be successful. All the things that you would just, you were willing to sacrifice everything to make your dreams a reality. Mm -hmm. And I want you to remember that these people that you've given up on, mm -hmm. they right now are, the, they're the same people you were when you started that company, yeah. when you started working there. They are the same people, but you know what? They know you gave up on them. They do. Wow. And what if you could turn that back around? Are you fighting hard enough for them? Are you just, are you just taking the easy route and saying, we need someone else to start over? Right. <laughs> is that what, is that what you're doing? Or are you saying, are you saying maybe we have our process messed up? Mm. Maybe we don't have our learning path outlined on how to be successful, whether it's like Danny said with the playbooks or just the process, every single step of the way, are we, literally showing somebody just like me trying to build that table. Yeah. Are we showing someone with the directions? Are we showing someone with the YouTube how-to videos? Are we showing someone with the, the side-by-side -side at every single step of the way? Are we doing enough to help them become successful because they need to get through that entire learning path? And, and you, as the leader listening in that's given up on your rep, you've got to realize that this is not going to change mm -hmm. because you got someone else in there. It's the same problem. It's, it's, you guys are, are not, you don't have the right things in place and you need to evaluate that and you need to really look at the people you chose the right people. It's you're on, you're on the hook to make them successful. And so that, that would be the message that I'd leave to these guys. Derek, I'm going to tell you, I, I, I will speak for myself and my twin. We are thrilled 
the stuff you shared today was so encouraging. And I can't imagine any sales leader or sales manager, director out there that won't take this thing, say, you know what? I got that punch in the gut. I needed it. I'm ready to go. And so I'm walking away with imagery, building that desk, building something together, talking about even spreading the peanut butter jelly. This is fantastic. <laughs> I love the idea, not just the playbook, but fighting for your people because ultimately we all want to win championships. No matter if you are the Phil Jackson or if you're the Michael Jordan, the goal is to win championships together. And so I want to thank you, Derek, for joining us today. Derek Shebby of Modern Sales Training, giving us his thoughts, giving us some tips, really inspiring, I believe, the leaders out there to say, hey, let's take it up a notch. We're not in this just to make the playoffs. We're in this to win the whole enchilada. We yeah. want to bring down that trophy. We want to hang that banner. We want to make sure we're being right. successful. So, Derek, thank you for joining us today. If, if you are listening today and you really are really getting the point of what we're trying to do here with this podcast, please sponsor our program. Figure out how to be a support to us. Give us a five-star rating uh, at Apple, Spotify. You can even go to patreon.com forward slash DSB Leadership Speaking, and we'll give you the ability to even give a commercial spot to our show. We want to continue to put out their positive, encouraging messages for these leaders and executives out there because we want you to be more effective, more impactful as communicators and as leaders within your own organizations. So on behalf of my twin brother, Danny Brown, and I want to thank Derek for joining us today. Come back, continue to be listeners and supporters of our show. We'll see you in the next episode of the Twins Talking Up Podcast. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Derek. Appreciate it. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at DSB Leadership and visit us online at dsbleadershipgroup.com to learn more about our workshops and trainings. We will see you on the next episode of the Twins Talk It Up podcast.